In the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 12, it says, Indeed, the word of God is living and effective, sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating even between soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and able to discern reflections and thoughts of the heart. Yes, the word of God is living and effective today in my life and in yours. And that's the very reason why I'm offering this weekly podcast where I reflect upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. So now please join me on Faith Moments with Dina Marie as we break open the Word of God together, inviting His Word to change our lives forever. Welcome to Faith Moments with Dina Marie, a weekly podcast to proclaim and to ponder the Sunday Mass readings. Well, today is the 28th Sunday in Ordinary Time. It's also the 10th of October. And so I want to begin by wishing one of my grandsons a happy birthday. He turned six today. Now, he's probably not watching this Faith Moments, but you know, when we have significant birthdays, we have people in our lives that we're grateful for. We want to wish them the best on very special days. And so happy birthday to Lucas, who turns six today. One of the themes as I share with you some reflections and as we ponder these words together that I am hearing in these readings today is all but the grace of God. You know that it is by the grace of God that we have our faith, that we can move forward in our faith, that even when we fall down, that it is by the grace of God that we are able to get back up and that he can provide us the salvation that we need. I want to begin by a prayer. It's called a prayer for pastoral planning. And so particularly for all of you in parish ministry, but all of you who go to a parish, we're part of the pastoral plan. We're part of the plan that makes a parish vital, that makes a parish vibrant. People of faith coming together, not just to be in that space, but to go out and to make disciples of others, to bring more souls into the loving arms of Jesus, to guide people to the Holy Cross. And so let us pray this prayer for pastoral planning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus, we give you thanks for your ministry on earth in which you proclaim the kingdom of God and conversion of life. We give you thanks for your passion, death, and resurrection, by which you manifested the perfect love of God, offering all who believe in you the gift of eternal life. We thank you for your promise to remain with us always as we faithfully carry out your mission. As members of your mystical body, the church, we come to you seeking the gift and guidance of your Holy Spirit. Help us to become who you call us to be and to accomplish all you ask of us according to the will of the Father. Grant us the grace of knowing you, loving you, and serving you in all our brothers and sisters. Grant that our faith in you may permeate every aspect of our lives. Help us to shed all worldly ways that we may live the gospel with truth and integrity. Grant that we may be more perfectly conformed to you and live as your witnesses in the world today. Amen. Mother of the new evangelization, pray for us. 
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. A great line in this prayer guides us into our readings today. Help us to shed all worldly ways that we may live the gospel with truth and integrity. Truth and integrity. And that is really going to come to the surface as we hear the readings being proclaimed today. So on this 28th Sunday in ordinary time, the readings take us to the book of wisdom. And in this chapter of wisdom, chapter seven, it begins with Solomon recalling his acquiring wisdom and what he thinks about wisdom. And he describes it in chapter seven. And we get a little bit of that in today's reading. This is wisdom chapter seven, verses seven through 11. I prayed and prudence was given me. I pleaded and the spirit of wisdom came to me. I preferred her to scepter and throne and deemed riches nothing in comparison with her. Nor did I liken any priceless gem to her, because all gold, in view of her, is a little sand, and before her, silver is to be accounted mire. Beyond health and comeliness, I loved her, and I chose to have her rather than light, because the splendor of her never yields to sleep. Yet all good things together came to me in her company and countless riches at her hands. The word of the Lord. Our psalm comes from Psalm 90. Fill us with your love, O Lord, and we will sing for joy. Teach us to number our days aright, that we may gain wisdom of heart. Return, O Lord, how long? Have pity on your servants. Fill us with your love, O Lord and we will sing for joy. Fill us at daybreak with your kindness, that we may shout for joy with gladness all our days. Make us glad for the days when you afflicted us, for the years when we saw evil. Fill us with your love, O Lord, and we will sing for joy. Let your work be seen by your servants and your glory by their children. And may the gracious care of the Lord our God be ours. Prosper the work of our hands for us. Prosper the work of our hands. Fill us with your love, O Lord, and we will sing for joy. A reading from the book of Hebrews. Brothers and sisters, indeed, the word of God is living and effective sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating even between soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and able to discern reflections and thoughts of the heart. No creature is concealed from him, but everything is naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must render an account. The word of the Lord. Alleluia, alleluia. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Alleluia, alleluia. Today's gospel is from the book of Mark, chapter 10, verses 17 through 30. As Jesus was setting out on a journey, a man ran up, knelt down before him, and asked him, 
Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus answered him, why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not kill. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and your mother. He replied and said to him, Teacher, all of these I have observed from my youth. Jesus looked at him, loved him, and said to him, You are lacking in one thing. Go, sell what you have, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At that statement, his face fell, and he went away sad, for he had many possessions. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it is for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed at his words. So Jesus again said to them in reply, Children, how hard is it to enter the kingdom of God? It is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for one who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. They were exceedingly astonished and said among themselves, then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, for human beings, it is impossible, but not for God. All things are possible for God. Peter began to say to him, we have given up everything and followed you. Jesus said, amen. I say to you, there is no one who has given up house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or lands for my sake and for the sake of the gospel, who will not receive a hundred times more now in this present age. Houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and eternal life in the age to come. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. It's always a real pleasure to just read over and over and over the word of the day and to find out when that word touches you and maybe reveal something to you, maybe remind you of something, maybe remind you of your own frailty, your own inabilities and your complete dependence upon God. And, and I hope that that's what these readings do for us today, that, that they remind me, I, I totally must depend upon God. And only by the grace of God is this theme that it's only by the grace of God. I receive this gift of faith that I have chosen to follow this faith that I've stumbled along the way that I've realized I can't do it on my own and that I can't get to heaven on my own. It's only because of the grace of God. So in the book of wisdom, one thing that came out to me was that wisdom isn't something that I can buy. I can't go to the fanciest store in the fanciest town with the most amount of money and wealth and acquire wisdom. It's not something that I can get. 
And Solomon realized this as he's reflecting, it's not something that I can buy because I have a certain title. I have a certain PhD. I have a certain amount of money in my bank account. No, wisdom is something, it's, it's invisible. It's something that will help me make good decisions, will help me listen to God, will help me to serve and to love and to honor others. And that wisdom isn't something that goes out in the dark. I love how this uh, says, I would rather have wisdom over the light. And of course, many times we talk about the light of Christ and, and the light represents, of course, our faith. But in this sense, that wisdom is something that is given to us by God. It's a gift. See, a gift isn't special if it's something I could buy. No, wisdom is something that is given to me, given to me to have prudence, to allow the spirit to work in and through me for the glory of God. And that I choose wisdom over the sparklers of the world, all of those diamonds that I may be able to acquire through wealth. And so in my life, I may be challenged to choose things that I can acquire through my own worth, through my own bank account, through my own abilities, and I can possess these things. And yet it's not in that that will lead me to heaven, lead me to eternal life. It is in receiving the gift of wisdom and to glorify God in that gift. The book of Hebrews, so much is in the book of Hebrews, but these are just two little verses, verses 12 and 13. And reflecting on the word of God. And so here first we have the book of wisdom speaking about wisdom. And then we have the book of Hebrews talking about the word of God being living and effective, sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating deep into the soul and the marrow. And I love this sentence, no creature is concealed from him. And so the word of God is the truth. And no matter what, nothing can escape the word of God. We may look at the world and see where injustices, we see evils. It's very easy to read the headlines and see actions, horrific actions against human persons. Um, against groups of people, against property and lands. We can see so much evil being done in the world. And yet the word of God is living and effective and no creature can be concealed. So that tells me that even if I see in real time, this atrocity, a natural disaster, somebody taking advantage of a natural disaster and, and maybe taking advantage of people. And I see these injustices, but they will not escape truth. They will not escape the word of God and everything will be exposed. 
evil is exposed, evil cannot lurk unnoticed. And that's what gives me hope when I see evil around me in our culture today, in our world today, even in our church today, where I see injustices and criminal behavior and all sorts of things that go against the word of God. I know that the word of God is living and effective and everything is naked and exposed to the eyes of him who we must render an account. So that means I need to be prepared. I needed to be prepared to see the word of God, to, to make an account to the word of God because his word is truth. And that should guide me as a person of faith, you as a person of faith, to decide how am I going to live my life? What choices am I going to make? How am I going to determine the decisions I make? Who will make those decisions for me? Who will lead me? Will it be the world's wisdom and what I can acquire through my own riches? Or will it be in my total dependence and trust in God and a poverty of spirit? Well, here's the gospel of Mark and going a little bit deeper into this idea of wealth, this idea of having riches, this idea in that culture of the day that if you had riches and you had wealth, that meant that you had blessings from God. And we even see that in the Old Testament, that people who had wealth, and I think about Job, who eventually lost all of his wealth and all of these different things were taken away from him. But the people had seen Job being a very wealthy man who pleased God. And when things were taken away from him, they said, oh, you must be somebody who God is angry with because now you're losing your wealth. You're losing your loved ones. You're losing things that are of wealth to you. And so we think about either having favor or a loss of favor with God, with our wealth or riches in this day that Jesus is teaching. And so we come to a rich man And I I love the imagery that we could get into this from Mark. And one is we see that Jesus is on a journey. Obviously, he has his disciples with him. And this man rushes to him. And then he kneels down before Jesus. Now, he calls him good teacher. We don't know how much this man knows about Jesus, if he's been following him or listening to maybe some of the miracles that have been attributed to Jesus or about his band of disciples or or what. We really don't know, but we know that he's a wealthy man. We know that he has respect for this Jesus, and he's asking Jesus a question. And so if you go to somebody, maybe it's a professor, maybe it's somebody, a a pastor, somebody who you think and you uh, recognize as having more knowledge or, or importance to you, and you want their opinion. Maybe you go to a grandparent. Maybe you go to uh, somebody who's been in ministry for many, many years, and you're asking to, to get advice. I would like to have this advice because you certainly would know more than I. And so here is this man asking Jesus for this advice. And wouldn't you think that if you were asking for advice, 
you would be also open to what that advice would be and in taking the advice. But this isn't the case. He's asking Jesus how to inherit. How do I inherit? How do I get <laughs> eternal life? Obviously, he has acquired a lot of wealth. And Jesus is challenging him. Why do you call me good? Of course, he's here to praise God. No one is good but God alone. And then he rattles off the commandments, which, of course, this rich man would know. And the rich man responds, yes, I have been doing all of these good things. And so there seems to be this case that we hear a lot about, thou shalt not. And so he said, I have not done any of the evil things, but Jesus is going to challenge him. Well, what things have you done? What are the things that you are doing with your life? You may be avoiding evil, which is very good. We want to avoid the occasion of sin. Jesus isn't saying not to do those things and to not follow the commandments, but instead of thou shalt not kill how am I treating my neighbor? How am I treating my enemy? And so Jesus is challenging him to do something different with his life. And the, the man is saying that I've, I've followed all these commandments. How can I earn, earn? What can I do? So self-centered that it must be something I can do to acquire eternal life. And Jesus loves him. And maybe he's thinking, it's going to take you a little bit longer to come to me. But he says, you just have one thing left to do. Now, wouldn't that be amazing? You go up to the great teacher and you ask, you know, what is it that I can do to accomplish this big feat? And the teacher says, you only have one more thing to do. You think, oh, great. If I can just get this one thing, I've got it. And Jesus simply says, go sell what you have, give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. It's as simple as that. And I don't know if the man was thinking, wow, that's a pretty big garage sale. I'm going to have to do a lot of giving away. But he went away sad. He received the answer that he was seeking from Jesus, good teacher. But it wasn't the answer that he thought. And I think many times that's the case. We have a prayer intention. I have a prayer intention. Lord, this is what I'm looking for. And I already have the answer in my mind. I'm sure it's this, you know, maybe it's in a job, maybe it's in a relationship, maybe it's in a particular ministry and something I'm struggling with. And, and we already have kind of figured out the answer in our mind. Well, I know that this is probably the best answer, or if it's not this, it's like one of these three things. But I already really have it figured out, but I guess I'll go to prayer anyway. I guess I'll go ask the master anyway. But then when something comes countercultural, going a little bit deeper into, no, you don't have all of the answers. In fact, only God has the answers. And if you submit to him, in all your ways, 
and you detach and come and follow me, come and attach yourself to Jesus and his way, that's where the leading into eternal life comes. And then, of course, there's these next few passages where Jesus is now taking this teaching because so many people just thought that if you had wealth, you had a good relationship with God and you were going to earn eternal life. But now Jesus is saying it's not about wealth. It's not about possessions. He's now challenging you to do something different with your life, to be one who serves and who gives and who contributes to the poor and who in fact might sell all of his possessions. That sounds so radical. And so here is a teaching of Jesus that is of radical nature. I don't want you to follow what you've been following all this way. The core, yes, but there's a new way to see the good news, the gospel message, because I need you to follow me. I need you to follow me to the cross, to the cross of Jesus Christ. And when we become preachers and teachers of the word, that is living and effective, we guide people to the cross because it is only through the cross that Jesus sets us free. We have to embrace the cross. We embrace the difficulties in life. We embrace those challenges, those persecutions, those giving up of the luxuries of life in this world so that we can attach ourselves completely to God in his mercy. When have I ran to Christ like this man in the gospel? When have you found yourself rushing to God for an answer, in doubt, in a question, in concern? Has it been that you are willing to listen to God and his guidance? Or do we just want to hear our own answer? And I think that's really the big question of the day for me, for you. When will you run to Christ? Hopefully it's every day we run to Jesus Christ. Lord, it is you. Where else can I go? Who else can I follow? And am I willing to listen to the guidance that Jesus gives me today? today in his word that's living and effective, that is true in listening to the wisdom, not of man's wisdom that can be acquired through riches and wealth and through his status. No, but to listen to how we can live the word. There was a great quote offered this weekend that was attributed to Oscar Romero. And it says, those who have a voice must speak for the voiceless. So whatever it is that you have, there are some in your community, in your area who have less. How do you help those people? Do you have a voice? Do you have a way to pray? to intercede, to give to an organization that will serve the needs of the others in your community, a St. Vincent de Paul, all of the different ministries of our church, 
and many different ministries in your local communities that reach out and serve. I think about the radio station that is helping to promote these different Catholic podcasts. Are you giving to Catholic media that can allow God's voice to be heard in many different ways? How can you be a voice for the voiceless and to continue to bring about truth and grace and mercy in directing people to hear the word of God? So if we ask for God's counsel, let us have the wisdom to listen to his counsel and then to follow it. Lord, may we follow your counsel each and every day and may it lead us to your heavenly home as we open our hands and open our hearts and turn them over to your care because only in God are all things possible. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Thank you for joining me on today's Faith Moments. I hope you have a wonderful week. God bless you, and continue to reflect upon the Word of God. It is living and effective. Peace be with you. You have been listening to Faith Moments with Dina Marie. Reflections upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. New podcast episodes are released weekly through the generous support of Mater Dei Radio. To learn more about Faith Moments with Dina Marie, visit me online at dinamarie.org. That's dinamarie.org. May you have a blessed week.